Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Chad Brather Show where we just we just kick this thing off and we're good and ready. I want to encourage everybody to come to one of my live shows. That's something that we haven't promoted on a podcast in a little while. Uh, this Friday night, I'm going to be in Anaheim, California. That is April 5th. I'm going to be at The Grove, and I'm also going to be in Modesto, California for a repeat performance, the Gallo Center on April 6th. That's this Saturday night. So go to the newly revamped, the brand new WatchChad.com website. We're uh, still got a few kinks in the armor, but chinks, chinks, kinks, I don't know what that right word is, but I don't know if you can have chinks in the armor and say that in the 21st century, but I know <laughs> Bougie Sean's over there shaking his head at me, but. He shakes his head at me at everything. No, I think that uh, everybody needs to come out to a show. California, people always say, "How? what kind of pushback do you get whenever you go to into a live show in California? I'll tell you guys, we do more uh, shows. My Star Spangled Banter comedy tour over the last couple of years, we've done more shows in California than any other state. We've been all up and down uh, the West Coast. And so they're good to us out there. They really are. And and people think that it's just one big land of liberals. It's not. There's a lot of red out there. It's a number one state in agriculture and, and so many things, ranching and it just, the you know, farmers that are out there, folks that are blue collar, hardworking folks like yourself, especially in the Central Coast, all, the, all those vineyards and just people who know the land. And, and the thing is, um, you don't realize those folks are out there, but they'll drive miles and miles to hear some common sense comedy. And so we've been having a blast out there, we're headed back out there. I think this will be, Steve, what is it going to be, like our sixth or seventh show in California already this year? This be Just six, in the first quarter six of the year. Seven. Yeah, so it's it, we have a blast out there, and we're going to going to be, no doubt, fun this week. So go to watchchad.com, get tickets, come see me. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Spokane. We're going to be in Boise, Idaho Falls. We're going to be in Casper, Wyoming, as well as Lake Charles, Louisiana, at the Golden Nugget all through April. Then May 11th, we're kicking it off back in my hometown of Augusta, Georgia. So, again, watchchad.com. Go get it. Today, this is Wednesday, and uh, April 3rd? April 3rd, Hot News Natalie is sitting over here by me. Do you do April Fool's jokes? Did you do any of that nonsense on Monday? I I used to. I didn't do any. I didn't either. This time, but only because I forgot. It, I, it stresses me out to pull pranks on people. You know what I mean? Like to mm-hmm. watch people just like panic or whatever i think the older i get and enough panic has gone on that's real in my life that i don't like to put that on other people we shot on april 1st and i had i wondered on the when i was driving here whether or not you were a prankster like that and no whether or not you were going to do it historically speaking i used to be like back in college i can remember we i'll give you one elaborate hoax we pulled so when i was a senior in college there was this um this wasn't april fools but this was a prank it was halloween and we planned this thing for about a week, and there was this old, old church way out in the woods that was just one eerie street light about 100 yards down the road. Had a big cemetery out there, big 1800s cemetery. And so me and about five other guys, we dressed in solid black, and we, we printed these uh, Bible study flyers that said on Halloween night, this guy's going to be having a Bible study. And we handed it out to these two freshmen that we knew that lived in the same facility we did. And so they wanted to come. And so two guys who were in on it said, well, we're going, so we'll just drive you. So they had to go past that church. Well, five of us were out there dressed in solid black, and we were hiding out in that cemetery. And we had a skull that was sitting on top of one of the tall tombstones with candles around it. And so we were trying – the only thing we couldn't figure out, because we were recording this whole process. We were recording their reactions as they drove down the street, and they drove past the thing. What we couldn't figure out was how the guys were going to get them to stop in that cemetery. And they were just going to go, hey, look, that's nice and creepy. It's Halloween. Let's go in there. So as it turned out, one of the freshmen, one of the kids we were playing the prank on, he goes, look at that creepy cemetery. Let's go look at it. So er, they pull in there, gravel, gravel, dry parking thing. And so they go out there and they're walking through the thing. And one of our guys threw like a stick out into the woods. And they're like, what's that? And then the guy who's in on it looks over and he sees the candles on the tombstone around the skull. He's like, what's going on here? So they come in. Well, then all at once, the rest of it just kind of rose up from behind tombstones in solid black. And uh, we all had like shotguns and stuff. And we'd all just like this. This is back in the 90s when you could do things like this, you know, with guns. (laughs) And so these guys screaming like babies, I mean, just took off running back towards the car. We had another guy who was in on it. He came around from the other side of the church and just jumped onto the hood of the car. And they sped out of there and just rolled him off, you know. 
And those guys were literally crying. You can hear them in the recording crying. And they're like, oh, my God, they're murdering babies back there. And, and I mean, it was these guys were traumatized. <laughs> the only thing that I, Bougie, that I think would have made that whole thing better is if one of the guys who was in on it, if we could have just stopped him from getting in the car and drug him back into the cemetery while the rest of them drove off. And then maybe had a big shotgun blast that they could have heard as they were 100 yards down the road. That would have really traumatized them. But, like, I can't do stuff like that anymore. You know? I like pranks. I I mean, I have a lot of fun with it. I don't try to take it too seriously, but. I'd have probably shot every one of you. <laughs> yeah, That will not, happen. That's not the kind of deal. Like, that was back before the days everybody was carrying. I wouldn't have done that in Texas. Okay. I was going to say, but like stuff like that, We're it can get dangerous. High school. What are you talking about? That stuff stresses <laughs> yeah. me out. So anyway, I hope everybody had a good April Fool's Day. Here we are, April third. We're past all that nonsense. Beautiful days in Texas. The news, things are happening, things are going on, and um, and we're always faithful on Mondays and Wednesdays to bring it to you. So, Bougie Sean, glad to see you sitting in here. The only black man I know with white privilege, party foul Steve, sitting over there hanging out again. Puppet Master Mark sitting at the control deck, flying this Star Trek. Enterprise Studio 22, whatever you want to call it. And then Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians, is at the helm back there. She's the one who's really in charge. Don't let anybody yep. fool you. Don't let, don't let the little quiet in the corner mouse demure persona fool you. That's, she's a mean woman. But she's single, boys. So, <laughs> hey, you got to come through all the big daddies first. Natalie, what's going on in the world today? I've got a couple of things I want to talk about, but what's top? I do too. What's top on your list? Well, I was, I was, <laughs> I was gonna lead with Biden, oh, but Biden. I'm not gonna. I, I really because what I noticed was everybody, um, Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey Hussle, the uh, yes, this uh, rapper that was murdered what now what fill me in on this story this you and i need you and bougie to fill me in on I, this story i think sean probably could do a, a better job because you knew who nipsey was yeah before. he was a rapper yeah he was a, a, a well-known rapper um he was very he had a very entrepreneurship mentality about him he wrote an ominous quote a quote on twitter uh having strong enemies is a blessing and an hour later he got shot in front of his store in crenshaw um, he was leaving, he was, it was him and three other people were leaving the store. He had a store called the Marathon in Crenshaw and they were walking out and somebody walked up to them and shot him six times. Um, and all then, caught on camera. Yeah. Caught on camera. And then the paramedics, so the guy ran away, jumped over a fence, ran out of an alley and then jumped into a car with the female getaway drivers. What, what's been told. So did they, have they apprehended the, he's on, he's still, they're still looking for him. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty dark. He got shot in the head. They said that, um, Autopsy said that he died from a shot to the head and the torso. So this video is going around of him getting uh, CPR, trying to get resuscitated on the ground. I saw a little bit of the video of them putting him in the ambulance and things like that. And and quite honestly, I I didn't know until you were telling me the story the other day. I didn't know. I, I didn't know who that really was or anything like that. Because you there's so many rappers and there's mm-hmm. so many of these guys out there with all these names and the you know the nicknames and stuff. I can't mm-hmm. keep up with all. Well, he's. I mean, all the articles are saying you know he was a gang member, was gang related, but for. More than that, he was a guy that tried to inspire people. He yeah. had his own store. He bought a pretty much he bought a strip mall and opened it up and opened up his own barbershop, his own store. Besides that, he sold. Uh, at one point, he was selling mixtapes before he became mainstream, and he had uh, his eighth mixtape. He sold for a hundred dollars a pop, and he sold only a thousand of them. He opened up a co-working space in Crenshaw called Vector Ninety. He opened up a STEM program for kids in the neighborhood to try to help them better themselves to get out of that mentality. And literally the day, on Monday, the day after he died, he was supposed to have a meeting with police officers about gang, uh, gang affiliation and try to ease that tension between people. Yeah. And a lot of people say, you know, he grew up in the gangs and yeah, he was 14, 15, pro, grew up in Crenshaw. He, you know, he had, he was part of a gang probably, but they, they want to say, oh yeah, he was a gang member. It's like, that wasn't what he was known for. It's not what he was. Yeah. He was, a, he was an artist that tried to inspire people to get out of that mentality yeah i got a lot of feeling that you're going to hear more and more about him and this story and it just it just reeks of a bigger story that's there oh yeah for and sure I think we're going to hear some some things there i mean you got biggie you got tupac, tupac you got all of those old historic and, and legendary stories that have now become modern yeah. legends and so. that's the thing like if you if you i mean there's clips going around if you just like watch if you just watch clips of him talking it's just, he always said it, he goes i'm not about getting gold chains and having he goes before i do that i have to build myself up properly like let's open up a business let's try to bring back to the community instead of just saying oh i have a i have a gold chain and i have nice cars like yeah like obama said i don't need eight women twerking on me (laughs) prove i'm a man 
Exactly. I don't need to wear nine pound chains. Obama, Nipsey, same thing. I got a strong woman. <laughs> a very strong woman. She could bench press me. <laughs> Where are these eight women at? <laughs> I might need them. <laughs> like you know how you know how the, the, the martyrs get the seventy two virgins. Steve's getting eight hookers. <laughs> That's the life he's lived. Need, need some experience. Hardcore. It's party time early, mom. Party time. Oh, well, pray for the family. Pray for the folks around the legacy. Obviously, there's going to be a legacy there because the guy was accomplishing things. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a shame that sometimes notoriety has to be brought in a tragedy. So it's one of those stories. What else you got? Yeah, I do want to talk about Biden. Yes, let's talk about <laughs> Joe Biden. This is going to surprise you, folks. I got I got a feeling that what we're about to say about Joe Biden may surprise you. I don't think so. It might piss some people off, but I don't care. It's Come on. That's nothing new here. Common sense. Yeah. So... Uh, so Biden has a, apparently um, a, a woman that was running for lieutenant governor uh-huh. um, has said that back in that moment that he touched her and kind of groped her inappropriately and, and smelled her hair and kissed her neck. Kissed and the it, back of her head. He grabbed her. He grabbed her by the back of yeah. the head. Was rubbing her hair. Right. He nestled kind of. He nestled his face into the back of her head while she was waiting to go on stage. He he left. He put a big long kiss on the back of her head, and he was just rubbing her hair. And she was said she was mortified because she'd not washed her hair that day, and she was thinking, "Why is the vice president rubbing my hair?" And so. The blowback on all of that is he came out and apologized, and now a second person has come out and said that she didn't feel like his apology was sincere, that it was almost a cop-out, and so therefore she felt that she needed to come out and say that she experienced much the same thing. And I, I've actually I heard another story this morning where somebody said they experienced something somewhat similar um, with him, but that—, that um, that is who he is. It's it's it might come across a little creepy, but they weren't creeped out by it in any way. So there are some women who are defending Biden. So my good friend, this. you need to follow Ram Rants on Twitter at Ram Rants, um, and um, my buddy Richard out of uh, out of Portland, Oregon. Check him out. He did a compilation series of tweets, 41 different videos of Joe Biden, basically touching inappropriately affectionate, um, uh, everything from children all the way up to women. And the guy is very affectionate. He's very touchy. It's creepy. It's freaky. I encourage people to go watch, uh, the Monday episode. I'm sorry. The, yeah, the Monday episode of the news and why it matters. And Glenn Beck, Got our our makeup technician, Kay Castro, in the seat there, and he started imitating what Joe Biden does to people. And listen, it is creepy to watch. It's very uncomfortable. It's disconcerting to watch this. Um, People have come out and they said, well, that's just Joe. Joe's touchy-feely. He's a toucher. He's affectionate. And people have said, look, we've, you know, we've known him for 40 years. You know, Nancy Pelosi said, my grandchildren know him. They love Joe. You know, but he that's just how he is. He's an affectionate guy. You know, they also said that about Michael Jackson and Bill Clinton. But that's another story. So I sit there and I'm thinking, okay, look, I am naturally extroverted. My extroversion can be taken as flirtation. I just you know, we've always talked about I mean, I'm just naturally I'm a hugger. I mean, I I saw, you know, I walk in the room. I'm going to hug you. He's handsy with me. I'm handsy with bougie. I'm fine with it, though. I touch Steve all the time. I hope um, Natalie, when she got here, I smelled it her hair. We know. <laughs> um, we know. It that. might be a Southern thing. I don't know, but I'm I'm very affectionate that way, too. Yeah. So I'm looking at it, and, I, and I'm watching Joe, and I'm like, okay, is the guy is the guy a, a creep? Is he a pedo? Is he a groper? Is he a rapist? I don't think so. I just don't. I mean, it's creepy, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that this guy, I just think he's got a weird way. Now. The issue that I have is the media and the left's double standard. The view? Yeah. Because Whoopi comes out and says, oh, I, I, I don't want him to do it less because that's Joe. Because he says, I promised going forward I'm not going to do well, that Well, and anymore. she said if the women felt uncomfortable, they should have spoken up then yeah. and said something. Well, holy that's uh, yeah. hypocrite. Well, I mean, that's, that is hypocritical. And that in and of itself is what I get pissed about. Because now you have this double standard. Now you have this person who can barely recollect a story about Brett Kavanaugh and all these people coming up with these things that happened, what, 30 years ago. 
30 some odd five years ago. And, you know, that's well, that's as relevant as it is it, if, it, if it had happened yesterday. And then you've got, um, you know, people like uh, a hot hot mic episode with Donald Trump who says, I'm going to grab him in the pee. And he didn't say that. He said, if you're a celebrity, they'll just let you do those things. You, you know, they, and he's telling the truth. He didn't say I do them, which is the big misconception. Why don't you deal with your president who grabs women in that? No, that's not what he said. He said, if you're a celebrity, they will let you. And he's right. That's a fact. So they want to they want to crucify everybody and they want to do all the I mean, like I go back to Al Franken, Al Franken. The problem with Al Franken's deal when he got caught with the picture with his hands in front of the girl, you know, on the on the military aircraft there who was there on, you know, on the USO tour with him. The issue there was not that picture to me because he was he's a comedian. He was making a joke. Yes, she was asleep. It was inappropriate. We all do inappropriate things and i'm not excusing those things but she accused him of putting his tongue in her mouth behind backstage before they went on the thing so it was a little bit more than just smelling hair or posing like you're fixing to grab somebody that's the double standard that wears me out because if you're going to hold if that's going to be the standard that's got to be the standard if somebody is acting inappropriately and remember joe biden says oh i don't think i did all those things i didn't do all i you know Remember, Joe, believe all women, believe all women. That's what the came out during the whole Kavanaugh hearing. You got to believe all women. Well, we don't believe all women because everybody lies. And I'm not saying that some people don't get harassed or groped or sexually assaulted. Of course they do. But there's also a lot of people that are out there looking for attention, and it's going to demean the person who actually got assaulted or groped. It's just like screaming racism when you see a white bathtub. It ain't racism. It diminishes real racism. How old is Joe Biden? A hundred. Okay. Well, I want to know what age I can. It's okay to you know it's, grow. It's and just Steve. Oh, he's just old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, listen. I, if you go we watch Ram age? Rants, go go see Richard Mills. Follow him on Twitter, and uh, we're gonna get him on the show uh, someday. Um, my little gay buddy Ram. He's uh, <laughs> it's awesome to be a gay dude named Ram. Um, but let me tell you, <laughs> go watch his videos. It's a creepy compilation of him touching these young girls. And like I saw one yesterday where he walks up and he shakes the guy's hand. He shakes the girl's hand. And then it's just weird. He reaches over and he grabs her face like underneath her chin. Maybe. He, and she snatches her head away like that. And I'm like, who does that? Like, a- who does that? Who walks up to a stranger, shakes their hand? He didn't do it to the guy. Do I need to feel your chin to know you? Is this a mating ritual? It's Am a I a monkey? Do I need to pick the lice out of your hair? You think he goes to? You think he goes to cuddle parties? It'll be great to go Men's to a cuddle, cuddle party. Parties. Let's talk about that. Shh. It'll, be, it'll be great to go to a cuddle party and see Joe Biden in the corner. Joe Biden in his, in his, his boxers pulled up yeah. above his navel. <laughs> uh, and his little his little suspenders on his socks. Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you think Joe Biden wears sock suspenders? Candice, Queen of the Ethiopians, you're shaking your head. Yes, I, I, he does, doesn't he? Probably. Yeah. It holds 76. a shirt in and his socks up. I mean, so. uh, creepy Uncle Joe. I call him Uncle Woke now. Uncle Woke. Okay. Uncle Woke. Because so here's why the left can't. So, OK, Joe Biden has not announced a candidacy for president yet. OK, we assume that that's the plan. We've always assumed it. I called from the beginning. It would be a Biden Beto ticket, which is just a joke to me. Uh, but but here's the problem with Joe Biden, because I think as a person, I think if Joe Biden walked in the room, I think everybody in the room would like Joe Biden. <laughs> I think he'd be a friendly guy. He'd be a nice guy. He is what he is. Um, you know, he's just a power broker in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Vice president. Yes, he's put his foot in his mouth by saying we finally found an articulate black man in talking about Obama. He said a bunch of things that were just stupid, asinine. But the thing about Joe is Joe's not left enough. Joe's not left enough. He is too centrist. He's too modern. I'm sorry, too moderate. And so the left can't have Joe Biden. So this is their tricky little way of undermining his candidacy before he ever even gets on board because he's not woke enough. But I call him Uncle Woke because he's trying to be more woke. He's trying to be the wokest of the woke. He's trying to. That's why he wants to choose Stacey Abrams from Georgia, who's an absolute and complete idiot socialist. Um I wanted to say something really mean right there, but I'm not going to. It just did, uh. did you see the video where the Obamas came out and defended Biden? No. Me either. No. Okay. That's exactly I, I, right. I, I knew just, the point you were making. Okay. I haven't heard I haven't heard Obama I hadn't heard Barry Soatero say anything about anything recently. I mean, he's been silent. The last thing I really heard from Barry was uh his 
Final Four March Madness bracket. Did somebody look that up on Twitter? Let me know if he's but tweeted I, since I March. I agree with you. I think Biden has not left enough for the left. So here's where Trump has played the left. Here's where you just watch now. This is what's happened. Here's the trend of the last two years. Here's how Trump has masterfully. You want to talk about 4D chess. Here's how Trump has masterfully played the left. Most of his opinions, most of his actions, most of his orders, most of the things he's done and passed and proposed have been very centrist. They've been very moderate. They've been very middle of the road. He has not done anything extreme. People want to talk about border security and border walls. That's not extreme. Every president going all the way back to George H.W. Bush have talked about this incessantly, that we need more border security. And that includes every liberal president we've had, Clinton, um, um, what was the other guy's name? Oh, yeah, Obama. All of them have talked about this. They've all talked about this. It's still a centrist position. They just hate it because it's Trump. So what Trump has done is his decisions have been right down the middle, but yet they're perceived as being far right. So now the left has to go as far left as they can go to make him appear far right. Makes sense? He's right here in the middle. All you got to do is just look at what he's done. He's right here in the middle. Now they have to go to an extreme just to be relevant. I mean, did you see Cory Booker on stage screaming the other night, looking like Howard Dean just, if you have something to say, you don't have to scream. I'm all for passion. I'm all for eloquence and charisma. I'm all for that. But I mean, Cory Booker, his eyes are going to pop out of his head. They're going to pop out. Crazy eyes. <laughs> He's a Stephen A. Smith of politics. Uh, listen, I heard Alec Baldwin the other day on the Howard Stern show. Alec Baldwin said, and I tweeted about this, I can't stand Alec Baldwin, first of all. For this reason. We know. For this reason. You know. You know. For this reason. So Alec Baldwin is on Trump, and he says, the Trump White House is one big F you. He didn't say F you. He said... F you. He said, Sarah Sanders, she's just balled up like a knot and like a fist standing there, has nothing to say. She's just one big F you to the world. He goes, and, and Sean Hannity's an idiot. Mark Levin's an idiot. Um, uh, who's another? Uh, Tucker Carlson's an idiot. And so he lists all these people, and, and Stern says, well, have you ever gone on their show? You ever debated them? Talked to him? He goes, no, I wouldn't condescend. F them. F Trump. F the Trump White House. He says, and, and so basically he says, Trump is one big F you. The White House is one big F you. But then he proceeds to F everybody else in the world that <laughs> happens to be on the right. So we see where the ultimate F you's are coming from, right? <laughs> it's because these guys are so twisted up in a knot. But what he said that is so dang true, Alec Baldwin said this. He said, what needs to happen right now is about half the people who claim to be running on the left right now need to just drop out. Because they got 30 people going. That's kind of, yeah, that's obvious. They're making a mess of themselves. They don't know what to do. That's a problem. They just, no. They're just going to throw whatever they can at it. There is no platform. There is no platform. If that's why Cory Booker has to scream. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump, there would be no Alec Baldwin today. Yeah, who cares about Alec exactly. Baldwin? Exactly. If it wasn't for the Saturday Night Live stuff, You think Alec be... Baldwin's good looking? I just met him. Actually, yeah. a couple of months ago. Did he slap you in the event. face? Did he punch you? Did he talk down to you? No. Did he look for a parking spot that you were already in and <laughs> we were We were at an event. I was working the event, um, and um, I was more behind the scenes, and he was meeting a lot of people, and uh, then he just looked right at me, and he goes, who are you? Oh, my God. And I said, well, Natalie Woods and, you know, Stan, you and um, he go. He just kind of wanted to know who I was, and then he started talking to somebody about some sort of dump Trump campaign. Yeah. Um, who are you? He Can did. You he goes, who are Alec you? Baldwin and Natalie Wood Stanier had a baby, and what their eyes would look like? They would burn <laughs> holes through you like a Kryptonian. It was hard. You know, I you're gonna giggle at me, but I I love the I show giggle. Friends, and he was on. For, he was he yeah. was on Friends for an episode. I just loved him so much, but then I just. Look, I'll, I'll agree. He's a good actor. I love Dirty Rock. Dirty Rock was great. Dirty Rock he was, was great. Yes, he's so funny. He's uh, he's doing some Will and Grace bits now. I think that show's actually funny. I think Alec Baldwin is, is very funny. I but think. I don't think Alec Baldwin belongs in politics. Well, they would say that about all of us. I mean, you know, they would say that about me. You know, I had somebody who sent me a message the other day. I told you, they said, well, you, we, your job is to, is to uh, uh, make me laugh. Not, she said, your job, make me laugh, not your job. Try to influence me politically. And I said, 
Let me tell you what my job is. My job is to do what I do. Your job is to leave. <laughs> Make me laugh. I love Make it. Me Make laugh. me laugh. Did she Chad. block you? No, I just, uh, no. Did she respond? No. That's like a, I got a dude yesterday who sent me a nine-page uh, message on Facebook or Twitter about how I like your three-minute rants in the truck. I, this stuff puts me to sleep. Your podcast put me to sleep. Oh. And then I looked at him, and I was like, yeah, I think I think most intellectual conversations probably put this guy to sleep. <laughs> and I said, well, dude, he goes, and then he said, if you ever had a Lake Charles show, I'd be the first one in line. I said, well, bro, I still do the truck videos, and I have a Lake Charles show on April 20th, so you're already at two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're just not paying attention, his, brother. His narcolepsy would kick in. <laughs> Don't come to my show. Show, pal. It's a snooze fest. <laughs> I swear to God. So what, from what I took when I was just listening to Alec when he was talking to the folks around him, because everybody was listening intently, was I, I don't know that he's really about politics. He just wants Trump out. That That's all I heard the entire that's time. That's the deal. Was, you know, he yeah. didn't say anything about left or right. He just can't stand Trump in office. Well, that and that's true of all of them. Um, Alyssa Milano. Rosie O'Donnell, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Bayar, you name them, all of them. Uh, Ron Perlman, don't go see the new Hellboy. Why? There's already been a few of them, and they weren't any good either. I don't think he's in it. I mean, what's the point? I mean, but Ron Perlman, um, um, Rob Reiner, these guys on Twitter, I mean, John Cusack, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, all of these people, they don't care about politics. Get on my show. Come on, let's talk politics. Get on here. It's out there. I promise you, I will pay for your flight first class to come on the Chad Prather Show. We'll talk politics if you want to talk politics. But the thing that's off the table is I just don't like Trump. Okay, fine. As a person, I don't necessarily want Trump marrying my daughter either. <laughs> but you know what? I don't. That's not what it's all about right now. We were at a crucible. We were at a crossroads in this country. Let me tell you, just look at the things you know today that you didn't know two and a half years ago. If Hillary Clinton had gotten elected, you wouldn't know that the Department of Justice, the CIA, and the FBI were so one-sided, were so biased. You thought that those were middle-of-the-road, objective parties and, and, and organizations in our country that were all about truth and justice and the American way. And then you find out that this is a whole underlying uh, conspiracy scenario going on to fight the right. It's stupid. Yeah. And ultimately to fight Trump. Yes. Drump. I think this has probably always went on, though, behind the scenes that we don't know about. Whether it was right or left, everybody's out to get dirt on everybody else. No, but else. here's the problem. Trump broke the game, though. He did. He broke the that, game. I agree. Because, and that's that was the thing. That's what American politics has turned into. It's changed forever. I don't see it coming back. Because unless you can come in there and expose the lies— George W. Bush didn't expose the lies. George H. W. Bush didn't expose the lies. You know, those guys who who, who were supposed, supposedly conservatives, they didn't expose it. Maybe they played the game. Maybe Trump will let us know what's in Area 51. He wants to. It's like, let us know. He wants to. I mean, it's the last Trump, thing I give him. But whatever. So go on, creepy Joe Biden. Smell my hair. He can smell I'll my beard. i take it off and give it to you. He can smell my beard if he wants to. Come on on, Joe. Everybody that's ever been in Studio 22, as you all know, has smelled Bougie Sean's beard. Did you get? You have the beard oil in today? I had the beard oil and the beard balm. Yeah. I can see the oil in it, too. Yeah, that's it's right. Greasy. It's glistening. Mm. It's greasy. Don't, don't, smell don't, don't, don't put it out there that I called a black man greasy. Oh, it's not greasy. It's just great. Just a little. It's just a soul. You can smell it, though. You really could smell it. Come over. Yeah, come over there. It's like come an over. 80s porn. Get over there. Get in that beard. Bounce. Allison. Bounce. My assistant Allison is in the uh, studio today. Yeah, it's solid, isn't it? That's leather, Buys baby. that at the Dallas Farmer's Market from uh, our sister Caroline. Yeah. Yeah, bless her heart. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to her. She sent me a whole box full of goodies. What else you got in the news, Natalie? I'm uh, so sorry for getting so passionate. I, I get, Candice, I get passionate. Do you ever watch, do you watch CNN? Yes. Okay, so do I. Um, and I, this, <clears throat> a reporter said this, so I just, I wanted to read it. Because um, I thought it was interesting from CNN. Democrats are divided on what to do in post Mueller world. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. Like, where do we go? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Should we focus on health care? And, you know, she didn't say this and, and get Trump that way. Or do we push forward with an impeachment? And then they rolled some sound on tape of... Uh, Nancy Pelosi saying that is not going to be the focus of our caucus. 
And it doesn't need to be the focus. Let me tell you something. First of all, in defense of Nancy Pelosi, we make fun of Nancy because, yeah, well, sometimes we can make fun of her. But we make fun of Donald Trump, too. I make Mm -hmm. fun of people. Mm -hmm. It's my job. Nancy has not been a U.S. senator from California for 30-some-odd years because she's stupid. She's not been there because she doesn't know how to play the game. She is a power broker. She knows how to make things happen. That's why I think right now with all of this crap coming out of the left in the Senate and in the Congress, people like AOC, people like Tlaib, people like uh, Ilan Omar and all these people, and she's just kind of staying silent. Everybody's looking at Pelosi thinking, well, she's just kind of backing off because she sees her power slipping. No, 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 no. She's being quiet because she's biding her time, just patting them on the head. Y'all go ahead and say what you're going to say. Stir your pots. Do your thing. But she sees it. She knows what's going on. And I promise you, Nancy Pelosi, she's not a dumb She's not a dumb chick. She's just not. She knows how to play this game. So she's absolutely right when she says, why in the world would we as a caucus, as a, division, as a side uh, of politics, why would our party go after impeachment when we're going to fail and fail miserable? They already know. They already know the Mueller report was a farce. They knew it was a hoax. They knew it was not going to lead to anything. I promise you they knew that. And they know that an impeachment proceeding would be the same thing. What are you going to impeach him on? They have nothing. He's got nothing. So to your point, is the left divided? Oh, they're divided 30 different ways. Because, again, you got the radicals that are out there. you got the socialists. you got the communists. you got the true liberals, the, the, the uh, traditional liberals, I'll say. you got those that are more centrist, those that want to, to get something done in uh, – Washington, and you got some that are just out for themselves. Are they divided? Yes, of course they are divided. And, you know, that's just the nature of politics. But here's the thing. So Trump comes out and says, once we're elected in 2020, we're going to get something done about health care reform. All right. Well, I'm disappointed that they didn't they didn't do it immediately because that right there proves to me that the whole election in 2016 was rigged in favor of Hillary because um, – Uh, They expected her to win. That's why the Republicans did not have anything in place to repeal Obamacare and put something else in place. They had no plan Mm -hmm. because they expected it to stay in place uh, because they knew Hillary was going to win. Then Trump comes in and they got nothing. And that proved everybody, made everybody look like fools. But now Trump is saying, "Okay, we got to get reelected in 2020, do health care reform. Everybody wants some form of reform when it comes to health care. But do you still think they have nothing? It's I think they still have nothing. You really do. I really do. I think that right now they need to seriously get on the stick when it comes to putting something together as a plan. Um, Trump. Because all I've heard him say was it's going to be better than Obamacare and it's going to include pre-existing conditions. Yeah, he's got to secure that border first. (laughs) <laughs> because that's what he got. That's what he ran on. That's what he's he, he's he got to get that He ran on both done. of them, though. He ran on both of them, repealing Obamacare, which was, he repealed, which there's been a repeal. And now they've deemed it, you know, federal judges have now deemed it unconstitutional. So there is that. Um, but we have nothing in its place. We've got nothing in place for this astronomical health care crisis that we have. And free health care is not an option. We've talked about that. Um but yeah, he does. He does have to build a wall. Two hundred seventy-two thousand people have been uh, arrested at the border so far this year, just in the first quarter of this year. Millions of pounds of drugs, untold numbers of human trafficking, and right now the world of America is worried about avocados because it's going to. Well, there's a lot of things that are going to we'll be survive. Do you know who owns all the avocados in America? Is this like an individual or a company? There's two different people. I've heard this before. Is this like? Uh... Magnum PI guy or something or Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Okay. Tom Selleck. I see. I uh, guessed one. It yeah. was a pretty good guess. The next one would be um, he makes salad with Paul Newman or something or Paul Newman. Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. I'll, let, I'll, I'll leave that to you guys to go do a little research. But Tom I'll Selleck right is now. one of them. But yeah, they they own all the avocados in America. So trust me, there's there's plenty. The second one would surprise you, but I'll leave that to y'all. But anyway, it's not no, Bill I'm, Gates. I'm gonna, uh, did did you while y'all are googling that? Candace, Google it. So while we're doing, I, I was um, gonna let y'all do a little off air research. I'm going. No, okay. I'm doing on air. Um, did you did you happen to see our local sportscaster, Del Hansen's? Yep. Opinion on the um, building the wall, or actually just Ill- illegal. So just a little background. So so Dale Hansen, what is that, WFAA? Mm-hmm. So Dale Hansen Who I worked with. is a local sportscaster affiliate for one of the affiliates. Is that ABC? Mm-hmm. 
uh, here in Dallas, Fort Worth, based out of Dallas. And Dale kind of gives his little two, three minute diatribe on life and culture and things that are going on in the world of politics and commentary. And it's insightful. It's kind of a Paul Harvey-esque type Mm -hmm. deal in front of the camera. But to your point, uh, and anybody can Google Dale Hanson and you'll see the the one that you're referring to. Mm -hmm. But he said one recently. What did he say? Well, did you did y'all watch? Yeah, it with he said me? we we're using a, a first first century you know solution for a twenty first century century problem problem yeah, yeah about yeah, his, the wall and building a wall and a fence. Well, his point was uh, the Statue of Liberty used to welcome people into the front door, and that was it was a, it was a way of saying yes to immigrants. And now building a wall is a way of saying no. We're keeping our people in and keeping others out, and so we're we're not letting people come in. Basically, the back door. Mm-hmm. And so this building the wall is an affront to basically the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, which, by the way, is not law. It's a poem, um, which sounds sweet. But there were a lot of people at Ellis Island in New York when they came in in the 1800s who were turned away and sent back to their own country. But they were coming through the front door, the proper yeah, they way were to coming come through. through. And there still is a, a right way to come in. There are people who are surrendering themselves, looking for amnesty, looking for ways to come in at ports of entry. But again, my comment when you sent me that link, I said, well, Dale, do you close your door on your house? Right. Do you lock the door on your house? Well, because his, his statement was, who are we as America to turn anyone away Yeah. and be so cold hearted? Yeah. Because if you if, if and he also he did say, if you if let's just say that our country was in the same situation, you know, as those south of us. And Canada did that to you. What would it? What would you do to cross their border? Anything? Would you fight? <laughs> I mean, would you? Because yes, I bet you, you would. If you're starving and you're hungry, or, or you know, and you're trying to take care of your family and your children, and we were in that situation, <laughs> that's what we're trying to prevent. Yeah. We would absolutely do it, but they would try to prevent it. Right. If we were trying to invade Canada, they would. Yeah, if we screwed ourselves up like Mexico and Venezuela and, you know, Honduras and Guatemala have and a number of different places that are down there, yeah. The three Mexican countries. Uh, You know, we we would try to. But there's a reason we don't because America didn't create that type of mess. We did not put ourselves in that situation. We built something of significance and progress and economic strength, and it is a stable country. Mm -hmm. And it is, I stress the word, a country. Which means that it has its own borders, which means it has its own sovereignty. And if you lose borders, you lose sovereignty. If you lose sovereignty, you lose your nationhood. If you lose your nationhood, you ultimately lose your culture. And you do. And I'm not talking about a white, black, brown skin culture. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about a constitutional culture whereby we all adhere to a same standard and say these are the laws by which we govern our lives and we value them. This is our value system. It is my right to free speech. It is my right to bear arms. It is my right to protect myself in court. It is my right to vote. It is my right. And I could go on down the list. It is my right. I think the frustrating part for me is that the second that that Dale Hansen put something out there like that insinuates that I'm cold yeah. and that I'm not compassionate. Yeah. And that's very frustrating because I don't feel any of us. I know I'm not that way. Right. You know, I do care. Um, and so because I'm all about a big p- picture of keeping us safe, our country safe, that I'm seen as a cold hearted <laughs> who wants to, you know, just close the wa- doors on everybody. And I'm not that way at you all. Nat- <laughs> no, I don't even cuss. Wow. Wow. You a wow. But that would that's how I that's how I receive the information. And I don't I, you know, yeah, it's very condescending. That. So, Dale, I'll tell you what, I'll offer I'll offer this to you. You can go with me, jump on an airplane anytime. I'll pay for your trip. You go down with me. We'll visit my kids that I support in Nicaragua. We'll go up into the villages. We'll hang out, spend a little time on the bus going up there, breathing some dust and some volcano ash. And we'll go in there. We'll go in those villages and we'll take them some gifts. And we'll take them some money because I support them every month. Uh, we give them a whole brand new life. We do that on a monthly basis, and we go down on an annual basis to Nicaragua when we visit with these kids. I can take you down to Honduras. We'll do the same thing. We'll fly into Tegucigalpa, which is the world's shortest international runway. Only the best pilots in, in the world can fly in there. You have to literally drop into the mountains, or we'll land in San Pedro Sula if you're a wimp, and then we'll go up into uh, El Progreso, and then we'll go up into the mountains. We'll visit all those kids. We'll pull teeth. We'll give inoculations. We'll 
We'll do all kind of things. We'll deliver babies. You can go with me to Nigeria. We'll go to Obama show. I spent months at a time over there. And I can tell you, if you want to call me less than compassionate because I'm not going to them, then that's your own opinion. But I believe the light that shines the farthest away shines the brightest right here at home. And there is no country on the planet that has done more to lift people out of poverty, lift people out of brokenness, lift people out of slavery than America. And you know what? If it wasn't for white folks like us, You'd still have those things going on in this country. So let me tell you something. This whole thing about, oh, well, only one point. And let's go back to a compassionate America. I know I know where the arguments come in. People say, oh, no, but y'all had slaves and all this stuff. Only 1.6% of Americans owned slaves at the time of the Civil War. 1.6%. That's it. Don't you tell me that America is not a compassionate nation. Yes, it has its sins. Yes, it's got its scars. Yes, it's got things that are going on. Do you realize that there were 3,200 blacks that owned slaves at the time of the Civil War? So shut up with this garbage. They say we're not compassionate. We are a compassionate nation. How is it that Donald Trump can say we're going to cut off aid to Guatemala and all these Central American companies because you did nothing for the caravans? You did nothing to stop this. You created a humanitarian crisis with your own people by sending them and letting them come to the border. These people in the north of Mexico, El Paso, if they shut the border down as a national emergency, and Trump has threatened to do that within days, he said, I will shut this thing down. He said, I'm not playing games. Do you know what that's going to do to the people living just across the border in Juarez, the people who come into El Paso to buy their groceries, to go to work, to to do their jobs on their daily visas, who come in and then go back home? You know what that's going to do for them? You're causing innocent people, true innocent people, to suffer because of this stupid lack of compassion BS that everybody's throwing out there is an argument that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. To say that Americans lack compassion, to say that ICE agents lack compassion, to say that white people lack compassion, to say that Border Patrol agents lack compassion, to say that Washington, D.C. lacks compassion. Dear God, I'll tell you what let's do. Woodrow Wilson called us the world police because after World War I, we were in a fest all over the globe. And let me tell you, it was up to America to make sure that the world didn't fall apart. And by God, that's what we did. And we've continued to do it. So if you don't like it and you don't think we're compassionate, let's pull every time back into the coffers of the Federal Reserve right here in Washington, D.C. And let's see how the world does. You can kiss my ass, Dale Hanson. And you're welcome to come on the show. That's a lot. I was just about to send him an email and ask him. That's a lot. That's a lot of edits right there. I know. No I'm telling you, too. dude, I get fired up. The gloves are off. Follow me on Twitter at Watch Chad. You'll see what I'm talking about. But it you know, you know me what off. else? Don't tell. I'm with you. Don't. That's just another way of saying I'm not a. Right. I just like to. <laughs> 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 it's party time, mom. Party time. You know what else you do that I think is so compassionate? What? You give all of your cattle grain. Grain that, that doesn't make gas- them fart. Yes. And I just think that's really kind of you. First of all, let me can, can we correct something from something that we alluded to on Monday? And let me just say this is the other asinine thing. Don't feed. First of all, don't feed your cattle grain. <laughs> don't feed them grain. Cattle don't need grain. They need grass. They need. They need. They don't need grain. Okay. Give give them something. And I and don't don't be feeding them pellets and crap like that. <sighs> How do you know, Chad? Don't worry about it. You Catal- don't know. Catalytic converter. Catalytic <laughs> converters. That's what we're going to install on all of our cows. Bovine Beano. So the flatulence from your cow doesn't kill the ozone. This message brought to you by Ocasio Cortez. Next in news. <laughs> <laughs> Just brought to you by Ocasio Cortez <laughs> for Governor 2020. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Mm-hmm. Fired up, Natalie. Happy, happy, them. happy story, please, please, happy story. Well, I don't. We started with Nipsey Hussle, sad. took me to Joe Biden, and then Dale Hanson. Kind of creepy, and then sad again. Uh, oh, and Alec Baldwin. Oh, oh Alec. he's funny though. Oh, you guys well, are fired well, up. You know what? He's Joe Biden's fun. got great hair plugs, but that doesn't excuse him. My God. I mean, your your nostrils are flaring. Yeah, I need something happy. Off. Yeah. You have a happy story. I do have it. My daughter is going to Summit. That just means you get to spend more money on cheerleading. I know. <laughs> but her team got a bid well, to Summit. That is good. And she tell works. Her congratulations. You know what? She works her butt off. That oh, whole no, team does. does. And they're the little team that did. I mean. So yesterday, Natalie sends to our. We have a group text message. We're all on it for the podcast. 
And Natalie sends a little video of all these little girls. They could have been four thousand little girls. It looked like Tijuana trying to get across the border. I don't know. It wow. was just, they are just, not. There are nineteen like, so, little girls on a team called Lava Girls. And every time somebody would say something, I don't even know what they were saying. All these kids would just start screaming. Ah! And then it was like, ah! And I was like, why did she send me this? This is what hell is like. This is what Hades, Gehenna, this is the grave without Jesus. All these little girls screaming just to add fire and brimstone. I text but I was back, happy did they for win? Huh? I had to I, scroll I through back, it real said, quick. Did, did they win? <laughs> yeah, you think? I, I was like. They did, so now we're going to Disney. I, have a, I just want to make a public service announcement, and I feel like this should be aimed at Candace. Because the Ethiopians. Well, how old are you, Candace? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Single, right? Yeah. This happened a few days ago, but this one I wanted to. to, I just I want to revisit because I didn't get to talk about this in our last newscast. But there was a girl in South Carolina who had called an Uber Mm -hmm. or Lyft or one of those, uh, probably because she, you know, she'd been partying. Twenty-one, I think, South Carolina college student, safely wanted to get home. And she got into the wrong vehicle mm-hmm. and the man murdered her and left her body. And it was found later. Um, that is so scary. Cause you have daughters. You, when you, you're in the, universities, you're yeah, in the college world. Sad, uh, tragic because it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, we live in a day and an age where you almost have to come up with ways to be safe. Like you have to think of scenarios that historically, like here was a girl who was trying to do the right thing, right. trying to do the safe thing. And, and this Samantha, is Samantha. Her name's Samantha. Thank you. Josephson, I believe. Yeah. And so bless her heart and bless her parents. I mean, this, Mm -hmm. and so the encouraging thing, or not the encouraging thing, but what I encourage you to do, no matter who you are, whoever your driver is with Lyft, Uber, whatever, make them say your name. Make them say their own name. Look at the license plate. You got to be very careful. You got to check which one you're getting into. I Uber all over the country. Right. And you take it for granted. They always, they should say your name. They should say their own name. The little picture on Uber, I know it's not a very big picture. It's hard to tell if that's the person, but you've got their Before name. Before you get in the car. You've got their license plate. Just do that because these girls, sometimes you get a little inebriated or something like that. And you climb. And, and the thing is, you don't say, are you here to see Candace? Yeah. I mean, you say, "What? who are you here to pick up? And yeah. make them, like you said, say your name first. It just, it, it breaks my heart. If, yeah. As soon as, as soon as my black butt gets in, they always ask me my name. Automatically. <laughs> you sure, right? No, yes, I am. Why would I get in your car? Hey, buddy? dude, you drive for Lyft, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you Sean? Um, I should be. I'm getting in your car. Like, you... Hey. I encourage girls to travel in packs. Just keep. Oh, I encourage it too. To climb in. Isn't it funny how when you was, get older, you start encouraging girls single, to travel in packs. I encourage yeah, girls to travel in packs. When you were younger, you're like, I'm trying to pick off Candace the singles. Candace travel in packs. Yes. Right. For the single guys. Go out. It was really sad because it was. They figured out it was because of child locks that she wasn't able. She to couldn't get, get out out of yeah. the back seat. And when you mm-hmm. think about that, it's like in that moment, what can you do? That guy's creepy. That he, knew, he knew what he was doing. That's oh, the thing. Yeah. Like he knew what he was doing. It's just being alert and just being, you know, be very cautious. It's, my stepdaughter. She takes Uber everywhere we go, and every time I get an Uber, I'm like, call me right away. Like yeah. she's 17. I'm like, send mm-hmm. me, send me the picture of the car. Show me where you are. Let's like I have a couple of apps where I could actually see her phone and I could see have her a phone travel. Year old? Stepdaughter, yes. Okay. She yeah. could have fell asleep in the car and he took her phone. You never know what happened in that car. Yeah. Well, no, he, it doesn't matter. He picked yeah, her up with no, the intention I know. of murdering her. I think he her, was. So. In, I think his intent was he was probably he was he was trolling that area and just waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to get in. Yeah. yeah. So be careful but if you have your place. license to carry. Yeah. You just carry on your person. Well, I've got a friend whose brother uh, got shot in an Uber last year. Mm-hmm. Um, got into an argument. He was out of his mind, drunk, and, you know, just gone to his fault. Then got into a fight with the Uber driver, and the Uber driver, which drivers are not supposed to carry anything, any weapons, but he was carrying and yeah, shot him twice. Yeah. Well, and I say license to carry, but she was probably in a, a bar, yeah. so she can't. You can't. Right, you can't. You know, you can't and, carry in a, in a bar, and you shouldn't, yeah. you know, if you're... That's why I don't go to bars. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's drink right here, Studio 22. That's right. We just hang out in Studio 22. It's party time. <laughs> party time, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom, it's party time. <laughs> Fire the guns. Oh, my goodness. Anything crazy, anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? Candace, I feel like we're fairly covered. Yeah, yeah. I well. think we're there. I think we're there. I, I want to encourage everybody... Uh, 
to uh, we got so many things happening, so many fun things that are happening. And this, of course, as you, as we've told you over and over again, we're kind of in our stu- the studio twenty two right now. This is this is baby studio twenty two. We're building out the new studio and moving things on up. I have not, for those of you wanting to know about truck videos, I haven't had a truck for two months because the folks at Road Armor are rebuilding it. I should have it in the next week or two, two weeks probably, month probably. But uh, the folks at Road Armor building it out is is going to be a great looking truck. So I haven't been able to. I haven't had a truck, and uh, I don't put the dog in the car. So, <laughs> and then you give me a hard time. You're like, you fake ass cowboy. You're driving in a car. You you born in New Jersey, you fool. Yeah, hillbilly. Yeah, that's me. Um, but we got a lot going on. I want you to find us out on the road. I want you to go to blazetv.com/slash/humor and get humor me. Uh, Bougie Sean and Metro Jason are the great producers on that. I hope you're enjoying some of the characters like Trigger DeBose, Uncle Larry, and uh, Reverend <laughs> Reverend Swindle. I watched a new clip of an upcoming episode. We've got an episode coming out uh, tonight, right now. Uh, if you're watching this, you can go. You can go get on and watch tonight's episode of Humor Me. We did a very uh, lighthearted but honest look at the subject of depression. It's very real. You've heard us talk about it with uh, Jeff Kyle. You've heard us talk about it with Jacob Schick, all these different guys that are out there. But depression affects so many people. Watch the episode, and we got a fun little uh, clip of the Reverend Swindle. I'm sorry, Mom. My mom hates when I do Reverend Swindle. She hates when I do Reverend Swindle because she thinks I'm making fun. It makes me a little nervous. Yeah, well, I am that's making fun. If that's I get to, I'm making if I get fun. To the pearly gates and they say, you remember Reverend Swindle, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> They'll say, come on in. He's already having a beer. <laughs> that's my yeah. favorite character. <laughs> well, that, that, tri- that triggered DeBeau. I'm kind of like, <sighs> yeah, Dad? <laughs> hey daddy <laughs> I'll be right in there honey I'll be right in there <laughs> Turn the fan on girl I'll be right in there <laughs> Turn the TV up girl We don't want nobody hearing us Our conversations <laughs> Ow. Ow. Hey, As Cory Booker would say Bye The Chad Prather Show on Blaze TV. Get it. Get it all. Take us up to number one. Screw Joe Rogan. Who? Exactly. I love y'all. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye.